0: Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. I'm Michael Anderson, and today we have Matt Levere on the program. He was just named on the Pacific Coast Business Times 40 Under 40 list. Stick with us. You don't want to miss it. We hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowners insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call 805-487-7847. GEICO Local Office.
1: Michael Anderson is the CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Maranatha Financial. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Maranatha's investments on this program. All opinions expressed by participants on this program are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Maranatha Financial or its affiliates. For more information, visit Maranatha.com.
2: It's time for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson, bringing you a feature interview, a local nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. Get local and relevant information for the 805. For show notes and more information, go to maranatha.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Anderson.
0: Welcome to the program. This is Big Money in the 805. We air the show every week on KVTA at 8 a.m. on Sundays. And we bring you one feature interview, one nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. And we do want to remind you that you can find all of our previous shows at our website, Marinantha.com. We've had some great interviews over the past three months. You can also look on your phone by going to iTunes or a podcast app, and you'll find all of those previous shows there. Just search Big Money in the 805. And if you have any problems, find a millennial and ask for some help. They can help you get that show on your phone. Today's feature interview is with Matt Levere. He's going to share some insight into public-private partnerships with education. He introduced a great partnership to Ventura College, and we'll get some details on that in just a moment. And we'll also talk about the future of Ventura and some of the key points to making Ventura's future a bright one. This interview is coming up in just a moment, and also... Later in the program, we're going to share some financial wisdom on the topic of investment management. We do have a Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook by searching Big Money in the 805, like our page to keep in the loop. And we do want to remind you the next few weeks, we have some great guests coming as well. Next week, we'll have John Crist, the CEO for the Ventura County Farm Bureau. And following that, we'll have Marlis Oster, the CEO for Visit Ventura, in the studio. So be sure to catch those episodes here, Sundays, 8 a.m. on News Talk 1590 KVTA. And now it's time for our feature interview. We have Matt Levere in the studio. He was recently on the Pacific Coast Business Times 40 Under 40 list. He's a native Venturan and was elected to the Ventura City Council in November of 2016. Matt is a business attorney and owns a law firm in downtown Ventura, the LeVere Law Group. He graduated from Pepperdine University and got his law degree from Pepperdine University School of Law. Matt, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Happy to be here. So you're a busy guy, Matt. You've got a growing family. You work full time. You're on the city council. You're always kind of doing a lot of things and keeping busy. Let's start with this kind of on a personal note. Uh, Describe for me like a Saturday, a perfect Saturday. What does that look like? Well, it's been a a whirlwind past one or two years with my
3: campaign and now uh, being elected And so my perfect Saturday is really just spending time with my wife and my daughter. I have an incredible wife and incredible daughter. They, uh, they go to as much as they can with me, and they're very understanding when I have to be away. And so Saturdays, I really try to make my family day. And it's it's sleeping in. It's as late as my four-year-old daughter will allow me. So that's like 7.30 a.m. On a, <laughs> yeah. on a good day. It's usually 6.30, which is better than 5.30. Right. But it's really... Saturdays, I really try to make my family day. So my perfect Saturday is just spending time with my
0: wife and my daughter. Nice. You've grown up here. You went away to school. Pepperdine, not really going away, but you were there, living there. I changed counties. A lot, a lot of people... They They grow up here, they go to school, move away, and for whatever reason, they don't move back. Maybe it's too expensive. They're not able to, or they don't, but you did. So tell us about that. How did that work
3: out? Well, I did, but it was a different path. I wanted to come back here after college, and I came back and through a mix of expensive housing, a lack of jobs, I wasn't able to write it for college. And that led me on an interesting path where I spent time working in Washington, D.C. I spent time working on organized crime strike force in Las Vegas. I had a really interesting path of employment, but it wasn't until I got my law degree and had that professional certification that I was able to come back and find a job and start my family here. And so that was really one of the reasons, and I guess maybe the main impetus that made me want to run for city council is to change that, to really make it so that you know many of my friends who grew up with me and who aren't back here maybe have that possibility, but if not them, they're kids. I really want to make it to where we have affordable housing in the community. We have the, the cultural, the the other resources in town that people want to come back to. And that means affordable housing and jobs.
0: That's a good point. I want to talk about some of that. And maybe we can kind of pare down through a little bit of that. And maybe we'll just start with law school and going into law, which is your profession now. Did you always want to be a lawyer? Or did that trigger at some point where you said, yeah, this is something for me? How did you come to find that? No, I actually never wanted to be a lawyer. I was working in the White House at the time. I worked on the
3: last six months of President Clinton's White House. And I was surrounded by a bunch of lawyers and a bunch of smart people who I really respected. And I said, I want to be like them. (laughs) A lot of men and women I worked with were lawyers or had their law degrees. And so that was really what drove me to go to law school. And Pepperdine was just the perfect choice because by that time, I was very homesick. Uh, I'm not an East Coast guy. That was what got me back to California and back into my hometown. And it's been a great ride. I love doing what I do. I'm a business and a corporate lawyer. I represent a lot of local companies, business, real estate, labor, and employment matters. And it's fun because sometimes as a lawyer, you feel like you're out on your own. You're just looking at contracts or leases all day. And when you work with local companies, you feel like you're part of that business and you're helping them succeed. And I love that kind of familial feel of being a a corporate lawyer.
0: I notice a lot of your law work you've done kind of connecting people or ideas. It's not always about maybe litigation. Some people think a lawyer, you know, it's litigation or it's maybe there's some other connotation to it. But a lot of the work you've done has been kind of connecting people or ideas. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, some lawyers love the litigation element of being a lawyer. And to me, that's the part I really don't like,
3: the adversarial part. My wife will tell you stories. I'd come home at night when I first started being a lawyer and I was just grumpy. And it was because I'd been fighting all day. I made a a kind of a conscientious decision after a few years of practice that I got to change that. And that's when I started switching to more of the transactional lawyer and working with companies, working to resolve problems, to get ahead rather than fighting with people all day. And I think one of the skill sets that my clients like about me is that having this public sector experience, you know, working inside City Hall, really seeing how the city works, seeing how things can be improved, seeing how things can be really processed more quickly. I bring that public sector experience sort of the private sector, and I can kind of
0: provide some, what I believe to be unique guidance. And there's a good example of that, and I want to talk about this. A couple weeks ago, we had Greg Gillespie, the community college chancellor in the studio. We were talking, and we talked about a public-private partnership that you were really the instrumental part of putting together, which is with Ventura College and with Gibb's trucking share with our listeners what that was how that came together and and how that works sure and Chancellor uh, Gillespie's great I mean he really was uh, a key player in,
3: in making that partnership a reality and it, it really goes back to my friend uh, Ed Gibbs and I Ed Gibbs and I have been friends for almost 30 years now and we were sitting watching a Dodgers game about three years ago and he was kind of complaining to me about the lack of diesel mechanics in the area and he, I'll never forget this quote he said Matt I pay these guys 80 90 thousand dollars a year and I can't find any of them. I can't find Mm. people to pay $90,000 a year to. I mean, I would hire seven tomorrow if they were out there. Mm. And at that point, I was somewhat of a new board member on the Ventura College Foundation, and recognizing that Ventura College had an automotive mechanics program, but not a diesel element. And you know, clean diesel is really part of the future of the automotive industry, a lot of people say. So I went to the college the next day after my discussion with Ed, and I said, we have this automotive program. What would it take to include a diesel element, because I think I might have a pipeline for some rewarding careers for local kids. The first thing I heard was, wow, that's a a new curriculum. That's a a lot of red
0: tape. A big hurdle to get past. I mean, and that's what I think that's what most people hear, because when you talk about private industry connecting with this public entities and education, usually there's a big hurdle to get past and it never goes anywhere. In this case, this now is a program. You guys dealt with it a few years ago. It's a program. It just
3: took, it really took commitment, true commitment from both sides of the aisle. It was the Gibbs Truck Centers and the Gibbs family committing, saying we are going to give a million dollars to this program in both uh, cash and in-kind contributions. We're going to commit. It's a lot of resources. And the college saying, we're going to commit to making this a reality. We're going to commit to cutting red tape. We're going to commit to making this happen sooner, not later. These discussions started in January. And because of the hard work and the commitment from both sides, both the college, the foundation, Gibbs, the Gibbs family, in nine months, that program became a reality. It started, the first class launched last August, 26 slots open, 26 spots filled. Mm another full full class a roster of kids this year i mean back to back full classes and the gibbs have promised to hire 50 people over the next several years 50 graduates and these kids are going to come out of ventura college two years you know limited school debt and they're going to be making 45 dollars a year off the bat Increasing that to 70, 80, $90,000 within five or six years. That's real money, even locally. These kids are going to get a chance to stay close to home, raise their families, make a good living. And it's just really exciting to think that, just, you know, it was an idea. It started with an idea. And with that, coupled with hard work and some commitment, it became a reality in such a short period of time.
0: Let's take a pivot over to the Pacific Coast Business Times 40 Under 40 list. That just came out. You were named on there as one of the 40 Under 40 in the tri-counties. There's some great people on this list. What does that mean to you to be on that list? It it really was an honor. And I'll tell you why. I've known a
3: lot of friends and associates who've been on the list before, people who I really respect, Griff Barkley. Uh, Ed Gibbs, who we were just talking about, Sarah McCarthy, some some people that I really respect in the community. And so for me to kind of be put on that same uh, echelon as them, people who I really respect, means a lot to be included on a list with them. What really makes it special is that those people who I just named, uh, you get on that list not just by excelling in whatever field you are in professionally, but you have to show a real commitment to the community. Whether it's through nonprofits or any other civic engagement, uh, it's not just being good at your job. It's being a valued member of the community. Yeah. And so that's what means a lot to me that I'm recognized by my peers as somebody who's, I guess, not only excelling in my in my day job, but also being a, an asset to the community.
0: Now let's talk about you know you grew up here. You were campaigning here. You were elected to the city council in November of 2016. What was it like? campaigning where you grew up? I mean, was that a challenge or did that awkward at times?
3: It was my first time campaigning. So yeah, I think there's an awkwardness to any time you do something for the first time. It was really cool being back and walking in a lot of neighborhoods that I hadn't been back to in a while. Seeing a lot of friends. I can't tell you how many doors I knocked on and somebody said, oh, I know your brother, I know your sister, I know your mom and your dad. And that was really cool. It kind of just, you knock on a door and to have that immediate exposure and to have somebody know you just by having grown up here, that was really cool. It was a wild year. It was a, a big, I, I told people, my wife and my daughter are incredible because they really supported me. They joined me a lot of the time and it was a true family effort. There were times when my wife wasn't working and she'd spend the morning walking neighborhoods for me, mm-hmm, handing out mm-hmm. flyers. And, I mean, that's the, the perfect
0: kind of campaign manager right there. Tell us about the vision that you have for Ventura. I know you had some specific ideas and maybe you can paint that picture for us a little bit the vision that you see for Ventura. Yeah, I told people when I was campaigning that I wasn't running because I thought the
3: current council was doing a bad job. I actually had a lot of respect for the council, and obviously I still do. But I was just running to provide a a different voice. I think it's always helpful for a council to have a mixture of voices, a mixture of opinions, and I felt like I might be able to include some ideas, some some vision that, that wasn't on there at the time. And I ran just as being hopefully the person on the council who really championed what Ventura is going to be in 20 years, and making sure that we make the decisions today that are going to create the Ventura in 20 years that we all want—an economy that's thriving with jobs, with uh, with housing, affordable housing, workforce housing—making sure we invest in the uh, the cultural and the the outdoors amenities. I mean, you're going to hear from Ed Wehan in a little bit talking about some really exciting youth programs that are coming on board. And more and more land is coming to the trusts, and we're going to have an incredible collection of trails, and we have our beaches and our parks, and it really is an incredible place to live. And I think we all recognize that. And so it's just working on those extra steps to make sure we keep increasing and becoming a better city. Because in 20 years, you know, I genuinely
0: hope that my daughter will be able to come back here and start raising her family as well. Who are some of the key players that might help to shape this future in Ventura to make it a bright future? There was an article recently for Santa Barbara. They named a few people. Are there are a few people that come to mind for you that are people that are shaping the future of Ventura along with you currently that you might be able to mention. Yeah, I think there's a lot of great nonprofits who are helping in town. I think One of the reasons
3: that I wanted to run was because I had heard in the past that it's tough for a young person to run. It's tough just based on where you are in life. Usually you have a job, a family. Time can be at a premium. But I really wanted to run and show it's possible that people in my season of life, young professionals, get involved and start being part of this process in shaping the future. And I, several people who I know and I respect in the community are getting more involved. People like Kevin Clarisi, who runs our downtown Ventura Partners. Kevin's a great guy, really, a, what I consider who I consider to be a visionary and uh, he's getting more involved. There's really some great people in town, younger people who are getting Mm. involved and starting to make a difference. And that's really exciting for me.
0: In what ways has it been difficult? I mean, there are definitely limitations and maybe some things that you don't know before you get in the role. Can you share with us some of those difficulties?
3: Sure, this this isn't a difficulty, but the first thing you learn when you get on council is that you're just one of seven and you better start building some bridges and some friendships because to get stuff done, you have to work with your colleagues. You can't come in like a bull in a china shop and just start enforcing what you want to do. It's, it's truly working with your colleagues on shared visions. So that hasn't been a difficulty, but it's something you learn when you get elected to council. To me, the biggest difficulty has just been the amount of time it takes. It is a, a lot of work. It's a big commitment. To me, time management has been the biggest thing I've learned the past year, is being able to compartmentalize and do my day job effectively and do my council duties effectively. Yeah, So that's been the biggest difficulty is just learning time management.
0: Right. As we kind of close up our final question, I was just, as you're talking about this, I noticed there are some issues that are so polarizing where it's either you're with us or you're against us. And sometimes, you know, I know they talk about this idea of nimbyism, mm-hmm. you know, and what is nimbyism in the first place? Not everybody knows that term. And how do you deal with that? Nimbyism is not in my backyard. Generally, it refers
3: to people who don't want anything happening in Ventura. That's kind of how I generalize it. They, they are comfortable with how Ventura is. They don't want it to change. And I guess big projects or big changes scare them. And this isn't to criticize people who are NIMBYs. It's To me, it's just not how I believe. I think that for Ventura to to really grow into the city, I hope it becomes in 20 years, change is natural and it has to happen. It's just a question of how we manage that change. And I think it has to be done smartly. It has to be done strategically. I don't want to just throw everything on the wall and hope something sticks. I want to make sure we do things very smart and very um, thoughtful. And so as much as I want to keep the charm of Ventura, and I hope we do, we're going to have to grow. We are, in my mind. And it's just making sure we do it in the right way.
0: Our guest today is Matt Levere, City Council for the City of Ventura. Connect with Matt online at leverelawgroup.com or follow Matt Levere on Facebook. Matt, thanks for joining us on the program today. Thanks, Thanks so much, Mike. Happy to be here.
2: Now, it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805.
0: Nonprofit Spotlight. Here's a local group we want you to know about, Nonprofit Spotlight. Today's Spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. Our guest today is Ed Wehan. He is on the board with the Ventura Community Partners Foundation. Their website is VenturaFoundation.org. Thanks for being with us today, Ed. Mike, good to see you again. Ed, what is the Ventura Community Partners Foundation? Share with our
1: listeners a little bit about this nonprofit. Sure. The Ventura Community Partners Foundation started several years ago, but in the last two years has sort of firmed up um, as a nonprofit independent of the city of Ventura, But to support parks recreation and cultural programs within the city i served on the parks and recreation commission for 16 years every year you get a budget you get your priorities but there's never enough money really to take care of everything that we want to do whether again it's in recreation programming or parks or other things so like other cities and areas That this foundation was created. It was created to raise money, to help fund those areas that that need help, and to work with the city on accomplishing goals that works best for all the members of our community.
0: When I was younger, I think I was sponsored to play basketball. Sure, I think the community. I think it was this foundation that helped pay for my scholarship into the program. Are you guys still doing that? And is that one of the initiatives?
1: Uh, yes, you you hit that one right on the head, <laughs> to tell you the truth. That is one of our initiatives. This year, There was, we have a couple things that we're really working on. In the past, a lot of focus has been with Kellogg Park, which is just opening up on the west side. That was a lot of time and energy. This year, we're focusing on youth uh, recreation scholarships primarily for needy families that can't fully pay, I should say, the necessary fees for their children to participate in city recreation programs. So VYBA, like you participated in, is something that we're involved in. City swimming programs, recreation programs, all the things that the city does. This year, we're trying to raise as much money as we can to make those things available to as many of our citizens as possible.
0: So let's talk about the event. I know you guys have an event coming up on October 20th, And it's the Fairways and Fiesta event. I think this is a fantastic idea. Someone can come play nine holes of golf at Alevis for people that are into that. Or they can go to the Fiesta at the Alevis Adobe for people that are into that. Or they can go to both. So a very creative idea. Can you share with us more about this event? Sure.
1: This is an event that is focused on raising funds for youth recreation programs. People who come... The money that you're investing in this event and enjoying at this event will go to help us fund recreation programs for kids throughout our city. It's on Friday, October 20th. If you're playing golf, it starts around 2.30. If you're just coming for the dinner part of this, which a lot of people are, I would get there around 5.30. There'll be speakers. Council Member LeVere will be there, and he will be speaking amongst a lot of other people. Again, look at it as an investment in our youth and in our community. That's
0: great. I think it's a wonderful event and a very good idea. I want to know more about how the community can help. What can the community do to help Ventura Community Partners Foundation?
1: Sure. Always a good question. I, I think a good thing to do is to go to the website VenturaFoundation.org. It gives you a lot of options there, but always keep in mind that we love our parks, we love our recreation programs, we love our open space, but w- the city only has a certain amount of resources in order to invest in those so we on the outside need to step forward and help out and that's how they can do it by attending our events by donating by being a part of it era energy is a partner with us a lot of corporations here in town matt was talking earlier about private public partnerships that's what we excel in we want to work with anybody whether it's our local business community you me our citizens Just contact us. Take a look at VenturaFoundation.org. But most of all, if you can, on October 20th, at least attend the dinner part of this event. Listen to some good speakers, some excellent music, great food, and you'll have a fun, fun time. It's at Olivas Adobe, so we know it's an enjoyable place to be.
0: Learn more about Ventura Community Partners Foundation online at VenturaFoundation.org.
2: Get ready to take some notes time for the 2-Minute Drill with Michael Anderson on Big Money in the 805.
0: 2-Minute Drill. Grab a piece of paper and a pencil. It's time for today's 2-Minute Drill, brought to you by Spanish Hills Country Club. Taste the Elegance. Golf, athletic, and social memberships. Visit SpanishHillsCC.com or call Cindy, 805 As a certified financial planner, I like to start each new client meeting by discussing the six key areas of concern, and today I'm talking about our second key area of concern in financial planning, and that is all about investment management. When you hear the words investment management, what do you think about? You might think about how you don't have any money at all, or you might think about how much money you've saved for retirement, or maybe even you're thinking about how your money is held and how it's performed over the past year or so. All those are parts of investment management, but I think there's a little more to it. Now, when we talk about it in investment management, there are seven things that I want you to know about we're going to drill down on right now. So number one, do you have any debt? If so, let's write it all down, prioritize an exit plan to get rid of this debt. And if you have any debt, that's where we'll start. Number two, do you have a cash reserve or emergency account in place? This is three to six months of your living expenses. And if you don't have this in place, let's start by getting $1,000 saved. Hold that somewhere out of sight, out of mind. So going deeper, we have number three. Do you wanna buy a home or a vacation home? And if so, we wanna review your credit, the income you make, and the down payment you have available to see what you can afford and if the terms are agreeable. Number four, have you thought about buying a business or an income property? And this is all part of investment management. Number five, Do you have a special goal or specific purpose that you're saving money for? Maybe it's your kid's education or maybe it's a new boat or a family vacation or a specific purpose. Are you regularly saving money for this special goal and do you know when you'll reach your target? It's important to have specific measurable targets with your savings goals. And number six, do you have a written investment plan? Have you looked at everything you have and where it's all held and identified if there's any expectation to how it's performing? This written plan does not have to be complex, but it can help you segment your assets into short-term, longer-term investment vehicles. And finally, number seven, this is the final step to create an, and actively manage your portfolio of assets. Now, this can be a do-it-yourself item or you can collaborate with someone or you can delegate this to someone else. However you handle managing your portfolio, it's important to note that you're the CFO of your household. It's you. And not having a written plan, well, that's a bad plan. So this message, it's all about investment management It's one of the six key areas of concern with financial planning. When we talk about debt, cash, assets, and having an investment plan, what we're really saying is we want the right hand to know what the left hand is doing with our money. If you've got an investment plan that you're happy with, that's great. If you want some help with getting your investment plan in order, you can find a fee-only financial advisor near you. Go to napfa.org, or you can contact me directly. I'd be happy to work with you. Go to my website, maranantha.com. M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A dot com.
2: You're tuned in to Big Money in the 805 with Michael Anderson. Now it's time for Michael to go to the mailbag and answer some questions from listeners.
0: Mailbag, we answer your questions about money, Wall Street, and local issues. Brought to you by AllocationLink.com, investment management that is low cost, smart, and accessible by all. Learn more at AllocationLink.com. Today we have with us in the studio, Greg Abrams, branch manager from American Pacific Mortgage. You can reach him at 805-667-8465. We do have three questions for Greg today, all about home loans and mortgages, and he's an expert in that space. We'll start with Crystal in Port Wyneme. She says, I think my home has appreciated and I should refinance, but I'm not sure. Does it cost to talk to you about refinancing?
4: Great question here. You know, we never charge for a consultation. A mortgage is a long-term decision that we want you to be educated and really make the best informed decision on your needs. When deciding if a mortgage is right for you, let's establish your goals and match that with loan options. If it makes sense to move forward, great, but there's never any pressure on our part. Our goal is happy clients that refer us more clients, whether today or five years from now.
0: Thomas in Westlake says, I had a short sale in 2011 and I'm not sure if I'm ready to buy a home. How will I know when I'm ready?
4: Mike, after any major derogatory event, such as a short sale, bankruptcy, foreclosure, there is going to be a waiting period. The waiting period really helps to strengthen your credit and really show your ability to repay. The waiting period depends upon the situation, whether it's a short sale and that could be as short as two years or as long as four years, depending upon the loan program. My suggestion is don't wait until those waiting periods to talk to a professional. It's best to get advice, look at your financial situation where you currently are, and put together an action plan so the minute that that waiting period is up, you're ready instantly to, to purchase or refinance a home.
0: Lisa in Carpinteria has the question, I've heard that I can buy a home in Ventura County with 100% financing. I don't believe it. I don't think it's true. Is it
4: and how? Mike, it's true. There's actually more than one program. We have the VA. Uh, whether you're an eligible veteran, you can finance 100% of the purchase price, which is a great option. For others that aren't veterans, there's like the USDA, which is the Department of Agriculture. They offer a 100% financing program. It is limited on income and geographic restrictions, but there's plenty of towns such as Casita Springs, Oakview, Ojai, Fillmore, Peru, and even some parts of Santa Paula that are that qualify. In addition, there's other down payment assistance programs. I won't get into all those, uh, but there's lots of options out there for you.
0: Our mailbag guest today is Greg Abrams from American Pacific Mortgage. You can reach him at 805-667-8465. And if you have a question for the mailbag, submit it online at maranantha.com. Hi, this is Michael Anderson, certified financial planner. I've dedicated the past 12 years to researching different investment ideas There are no guarantees when investing, but with a little help, you can find the right approach. I have built AllocationLink.com specifically for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management made simple, smart, and low cost. AllocationLink.com can have your account set up in less than 10 minutes. You don't need to have a million dollars. You don't need to have $100,000. You can get started with as little as $250 today. The secret to investing is regular contributions and giving it time to grow. Please check out my website online. I think it will be a great resource for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management that is smart, low cost, and automatic. Please visit AllocationLink.com to learn more. Or you can leave me a message at 805-665-3767. Well, that does it for our show today. Be sure to stick around and listen to a new program, Inside the 805, coming right up. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on iTunes, Big Money in the 805. All previous shows are also on Marinantha.com. Special thanks to American Pacific Mortgage and the folks at GEICO local office. If you have questions about the show or questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me online at marinantha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Or leave a message on my answering service, 805-665-3767. Have a great week
5: and join us again next time. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, certified financial planner. Call his answering service today. 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767. Or visit him online, maranatha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A ntha.com Michael Anderson is local and fiduciary no commissions no gimmicks call and leave a message today 805-665-3767